We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 706 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, November 24th, 2023. It is Black Friday. Uh, That is a shopping thing, but could that also be a Ron Rivera thing? Black Monday is the Monday after the end of the NFL regular season, a day on which we traditionally get a whole lot of firings in the NFL. But might this Black Friday be the day on which we get the firing of Ron Rivera as commander's head coach. I am recording this at, uh, let's see, what time is it? 12.12 a.m. Eastern on Black Friday. As far as we know, Ron has not been fired yet. But stay tuned, perhaps by the end of this segment, maybe by the time that we get to post on X and emails, uh, Ron's status as commander's head coach may have changed. Hello and welcome to this Friday, day after Thanksgiving installment of the Al Galdi podcast. The commanders in this 2023 NFL regular season now are four and eight, as in twice as many losses as wins. Uh, A 45-10 loss. Yes, I said 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. A total and complete repudiation of the status quo. The commanders through three quarters actually trailed by just a 20-10 count, but then came a fourth quarter that the commanders lost 25-0. As Ron Burgundy once said, that escalated quickly. Boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Yes, Ron, that did escalate quickly. And how appropriate that we play a Ron Burgundy drop as we are talking about yet another painful loss for another Ron. uh, This Ron, who is the head coach, at least for now, of the uh, Burgundy and Gold. Uh, Coming up on the show, in-depth reaction to and analysis of this horrendous and humiliating loss for the Commanders. 45-10 at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving on national television for all to see. Uh, Next segment, I will address the Ron Rivera situation at length. I'll then talk about how quarterback Sam Howell played, uh, and I'll then sound off 
on the Commanders' defense. Boy, could the Commanders' defense be any worse? Like, really, could the Commanders' defense be any worse? Is that possible? Is that humanly possible? It's more likely that the Oklahoma City Thunders' Josh Giddy refuses to attend the high school prom <laughs> than it is the Commanders' defense has a truly good game right now. Boy, is that defense bad. Uh, also on the show, college football, uh, Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region, the games that I'll be discussing, Maryland at Rutgers, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, Virginia Tech at Virginia, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, number 25, Liberty at UTEP, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, James Madison at Coastal Carolina, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Navy at SMU Saturday at noon. And I will talk Capitals, Wizards, and college basketball. The Caps remain hot 9-1-1 over their last 11 games, a 4-3 overtime win over the Buffalo Sabres at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night. The Wizards had yet another loss in which they blew a big lead. They lost their seventh consecutive game, a 117-114 loss at the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday night. The Wizards blew a 19-point third-quarter lead and blew a 13-point fourth-quarter lead. And we in college hoops have wins for Virginia Tech, Virginia, and James Madison. Uh, Virginia Tech beat Boise State 82-75 in Kissimmee, Florida on Thursday night as part of the ESPN Events Invitational. Number 24, Virginia got by West Virginia 56-54 in Fort Myers, Florida on Wednesday evening in the 2023 Fort Myers tip-off. And number 22, James Madison blasted Fresno State 95-60 and Riviera Maya, Mexico on Wednesday night to win the 2023 Cancun Challenge. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the commanders of this uh, ridiculously bad performance at the Cowboys. Email from Michael Lindsay writes, Michael, Ron and company must go and it needs to happen now. We need to be rid of the stink That is the Dan Snyder era. Rod remains the last of that stink. He seems so lost, uninspired even. It's reflected in the team's play. Josh Harris has to understand that we cannot take this any longer. Firing Rivera would show a type of urgency that we have longed for, an urgency that we need to see. It makes a difference to us that Ron will continue to stand on the sideline while we continue looking at his God-awful, stoic expression. We are simply tired of it. The more Josh Harris stays with Ron, the more that we take the Harris ownership group less seriously. I say that half-kidding. I'm so tired of this, Al. I am not sure that I can watch this team with any rooting interest. I just don't care anymore. I will, however, continue listening to the best podcast in the business as part of my daily routine. I hope that you and the family had a great Thanksgiving. Well, thank you for that, Michael. I do appreciate that. But keep in mind, at this point, the commanders are better off losing, okay? Like, if you're going to be bad, be really bad, get a top 10, maybe even top five pick in the 2024 NFL draft. You want Sam Howell to play well, but at this point, if the commanders are not going to make the playoffs, then just be bad, okay? Just be really bad, and let's end the season that way. Good Sam Howell, bad record. Uh, Email from Kyle Goins, writes Kyle, I can't take this anymore. We are less than mediocre now. We are just plain bad. This game took a big yellow John Madden marker and highlighted all of our deficiencies on the offensive line and in the secondary. So many times, even on a broken play, the ball was caught while nobody was within 10 yards of the Cowboys pass catcher. Having to line up in shotgun on all of our fourth 
touchdown attempts, four sacks, 45-10. This is a travesty. I understand that Judgment Day is coming for the commander's coaching staff, but can we at least get a little preview? Can we just forget to buy them a plane ticket or something? I'm looking forward to hearing your in-depth breakdown of this mess. Keep it up. Well, thank you, Kyle. The breakdown is coming. Uh, Email from Marlon G. writes Marlon, again, we need blood. I have lost count how many times I've emailed you this. They have lost the locker room. The defense isn't playing for the coach. The offense can only do so much, but once we fall behind, you can see the offense pushing it to try to keep things close, but the pushing it just backfires. We literally have no defensive line push for sacks. Didn't even get close. Ron and Jack really need to go. Cancel their boarding passes or cancel their access to the team facility. (laughs) Let's just cut ties now because week by week, It's just getting worse and worse. And look, once Dan Snyder sold the team, fans came back. But to see this atrocious team playing can literally just push away those fans who came back and even fans who are still holding on to hope. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Marlon, happy Thanksgiving to you too. Remember when Washington, in its first Thanksgiving with Ron Rivera as head coach, won at the Cowboys, 41-16, November 26th, 2020, a 41-16 Washington win at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Boy, does that feel like a long time ago. Well, a man who has been serving the DMV for all of its dermatological needs for a long time is the great Dr. George Verghese. Dr. George Verghese, he is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs Surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He is a big Commanders fan and operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, which has locations in Waldorf, Maryland, Leonardtown, Maryland, and Lexington Park, Maryland. Uh, Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you are dealing with allergic reactions, if you're dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings to anyone considered a new patient. And Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer advanced treatments for skin cancer. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit Mid-Atlantic Skin Com. That's MidAtlanticSkin.com. For excellent and comprehensive skin care, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. There are plenty of things for which the Commander's 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving should be remembered, but how about this? Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott was eating on the Cowboys sideline 
before the game was over. He was eating a turkey leg (laughs) on the Cowboys sideline before the game was over. That, my friends, is perhaps the ultimate sign of disrespect. Dak, before the game was even over, was stuffing his face. But you know what? (laughs) The commanders deserve that. NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com, he on Thanksgiving morning had a report suggesting that Commander's managing partner Josh Harris's intent was to wait until the end of this Commander's season to take action on head coach Ron Rivera. Rappaport's report said that, quote, sources say the goal has been to take the entire season. Harris and the team's brass still anticipate evaluating Rivera's body of work after the final game of the regular season if the commanders don't make the playoffs as they enter a crucial offseason, end quote. However, the report also included this, quote, what's unclear for the team going into Thursday's game is if last week's crushing loss to the Giants, coupled with a blowout loss to the Cowboys, if that were to happen today, would change the plans, end quote. Well, we got the blowout loss at the Cowboys. So, Josh, your move. Uh, You know, we are long past the point of discussing if Josh Harris is going to fire Ron Rivera. Of course, Josh Harris is going to fire Ron Rivera. That has been a certainty for a while now. Uh, It, with each passing game, (laughs) is becoming even more of a certainty. Now, personally, I'm not that caught up in whether Josh fires Ron now or after the end of the team season. I'm much more caught up in what is next for the Commanders. We talked about that with Tony Pauline of SportsKita.com on Wednesday's show, episode 705. Uh, Tony Pauline, longtime NFL draft analyst. Uh, Tony had some intel on what Josh Harris is thinking. Uh, But what Josh Harris is thinking, that is what is most important right now. What Commander's football operations could and should look like moving forward. Wholesale change is coming. I am as certain of that as I am of, uh, you know, the sun rising in the east tomorrow. Every coach and every significant front office executive is being fired. Maybe assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is interviewed for the head coaching job by whoever is running commander's football operations moving forward. But beyond that, every major playa playa in commander's football ops needs to go and is going to go. The what matters a lot more than the when. Now, I totally get where those of you who want Ron Rivera fired yesterday (laughs) are coming from. And I'm certainly not against Ron being fired now. But I don't think that when he is fired matters that much. I also don't think that Josh Harris not firing Ron Rivera now is like a sign that Josh doesn't care enough or isn't passionate enough or whatever. Like, no, Josh Harris is an adult. Uh, Unlike the previous lead owner of the team, okay, who was a child, Josh Harris is a rational, logical, measured, smart person. He is not going to act out of emotion. He shouldn't act out of emotion. I don't want him acting out of emotion. I want this franchise run right for the first time in a long time. But the ugliness of this commander season on the field 
cannot be overstated. And I do stress on the field because, yes, we have had ugliness both on and off the field with this team. The ugliness with the team now is confined to on the field. And that is progress, as pathetic as that sounds. But consider what we now have with the Commanders this regular season. They are 2-8 and eight since their 2-0 and o start. Their point differential is minus 104. They have allowed 350 points, 64 more points than the next worst total. And yes, the Commanders have played 12 games, but still 350 points allowed over 12 games this regular season. Ron Rivera's regular season record as Washington head coach now is 26 35 and 1. Washington's regular season point differential with Ron Rivera as head coach now is minus 219. Washington over 62 regular season games with Ron Rivera as head coach is 26, 35 and 1 and has been outscored by 219 points. Let all of that sink in. And all of that is an indictment of both Ron, the head coach, and Ron, the player personnel guy. All of this is his coach-centric approach. Season number four. Final say-so over player personnel. And he is the head coach. And he has his guys working for him. It was Ron who in January 2021 hired Martin Mayhew as general manager and hired Marty Herney as executive vice president of football slash player personnel. Two guys with extremely mediocre player personnel track records. Well, uh, they are all about to be gone. If it happens soon, fine. But again, what is next? Who is next? Does Josh Harris hire the right person to run football operations? A person who is excellent at football operations. That is what matters the most. Uh, so many things about this loss at the Cowboys were infuriating, but Ron Rivera not going for it on fourth down early in the game, trying to play field position <laughs> with the commander's trash defense. That was something. Ron, at the end of the commander's second offensive drive, opted to punt on a fourth and two for the commanders at the Cowboys' 43. The ensuing Cowboys offensive drive was an 11-play, 90-yard drive that consumed 5 minutes, 7 seconds off the clock, resulted in quarterback Dak Prescott's late first quarter, second and 10, 15-yard shotgun touchdown pass to running back Rico Dowdle on a screen. But the second snap of that drive was a play that got the Cowboys to nearly the line of scrimmage from which the Commanders had punted the ball. First and 15 for the Cowboys at their five. Linebacker Cody Barton, who the Commanders on Wednesday afternoon announced as having activated from the reserve injured list, uh, got beat by tight end Jake Ferguson on a 35-yard shotgun completion by Dak Prescott to Ferguson. So, like seconds after Ron, Riverboat Ron played things ultra conservative, tried to play field position with the trash defense. Uh, he got the decision shoved right in his face <laughs> via that 35-yard pass play given up by the trash defense. That, in a nutshell, is the state of things with the commanders right now. How about going 0-3 on fourth downs, including two fourth and ones? How maddening 
was that. Third quarter, fourth and one for the Commanders at the Cowboys 39. Running back Brian Robinson Jr., a shotgun handoff run from minus two yards as the Commanders blocking on the play was a mess. Fourth quarter, fourth and one for the Commanders at their 34. Sam Howell, out of the shotgun, took a sack from interior defensive lineman Jonathan Hankins for a 10-yard loss. How about the reception from minus eight yards? Did you like that? The drive that resulted in kicker Joey Sly's second quarter 43-yard field goal to cut the commander's deficit to 7-3. The seventh snap of that drive, second and 10 for the commanders at the Cowboys 19. Sam Howell, a shotgun play action completion to Brian Robinson for an eight-yard loss as Robinson was tackled by linebacker Damone Clark, who blew through an attempted block by center Tyler Larson. I'm assuming that Clark was Larson's responsibility. If not, then someone else failed. But whatever the case, a reception for minus eight yards. That, in a nutshell, is the state of things with the commanders right now. Uh, This was some of receiver Terry McLaurin's post-game session with reporters on Thursday night. You'll hear multiple exchanges with a good friend of this podcast, Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic. I don't don't know how you wrap your head around this one, honestly. Uh, We just came in here and they... they made some good adjustments at halftime, and they uh, we didn't capitalize when we got a few stops offensively, and uh, they just kept the momentum going, and, and uh, the game got away from us. We uh, we just got beat by a lot of points uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, the game was with within reach, and uh, we just didn't make the necessary plays to kind of uh, put the ball in the end zone and and do our part. So. Um, that's never a good feeling. You know, it's been tough last few times we've been here. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my thought process right now. Terry, obviously there's, there's been a lot of discussion about possible changes for the organization at some mm-hmm. point. After a game like that, how do you process that maybe something could come soon or who knows when? Uh, that's not my decision, honestly. Um, we just going to roll with the punches, whatever comes our way, and uh, just try to come back uh, next week. Um, but, you know, players don't make those decisions um our job is to go out there and, and practice hard and, and perform better than we did so uh we didn't hold up our end of the bargain on that and uh yeah that's pretty much it i know obviously it's, you guys are focused on what you have to do but when things start to snowball both the season that second half mm-hmm. how hard is it to stay within like what you're what you guys are trying to accomplish um i, I mean i think it's it's challenging when a game like that you know, gets away from you in the last few weeks. We've we struggled, but at the same time, uh, next week's a new week, and you got to treat it that way. So, um, you know, I don't really hang my head about it. Uh, it sucks to lose at any point, especially like that in the division. So, um, you know, we got to find a way to um, come back better next week against a really good team. You know, what I mean, there's there's really no mercy in the league. You know, what I mean, and I don't think any of us are looking for a, a handout or you know a sob story. It's just you got to. You know, put your put your pants on tomorrow, you know what I mean, and, and see how you can come back better. Yeah, well, the commanders on Thanksgiving got de-pantsed, okay? The commanders on Thanksgiving had their pants pulled down and uh, were in their tidy whities on national television. Well, we hope that what is always happening in your life are happy things, unlike what is happening with the commanders right now. But if you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged, but aren't sure, call the law firm of Paulson and Nace and schedule 
a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace provides passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. But how about this by Paulson and Nace? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yes, Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma and won. Heck, Paulson and Nace has taken on the U.S. government and won. Bradley versus the United States of America. Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. There is very little with the commanders on the field that matters the rest of this season beyond quarterback Sam Howell. So in terms of actual analysis of the 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, we're going to spend the bulk of our time on Sam. How he plays matters miles more than how anyone else on the team plays the rest of this season. The commanders are steamrolling toward having a top 10 pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Whether they should spend that pick on a quarterback is a really big deal. Uh, Sam in this loss at the Cowboys had a very mixed game. He went 28-44 for 300 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception, uh, which was a pick six. Uh, He took four sacks. He had two carries for 13 yards. He quarterbacked a commander's team that scored just 10 points and went 0-3 on fourth downs, but also did go 7-15 of on third downs. He was having what I was ready to call a good game until the fourth quarter, uh, a fourth quarter that the commanders lost 25 nothing. It is so easy <laughs> to forget that this was a 2010 game through three quarters, but then the fourth quarter happened. Uh, Sam had a rough fourth quarter. Sam on the commander's 10th offensive drive of the game through an historical pick six. You talk about an exclamation mark for this game. The fifth snap of that 10th commander's offensive drive on a fourth quarter, second and 10 for the commanders at the Cowboys 43. Sam threw a shotgun pass intended for receiver Jahan Dotson, and the result was a 63-yard pick six by corner Deron Bland for his fifth pick six of this regular season, setting a new NFL record for most pick sixes 
in a regular season, and the ensuing extra point gave the Cowboys a 45-10 lead. We on Wednesday's show, episode 705, talked about Deron Bland. Uh, The Cowboys took him in the fifth round of the 2022 NFL Draft out of Fresno State. He is having an incredible season. Uh, He now over 28 career NFL regular season games has 12 interceptions. And yeah, Sam got victimized by Bland in that fourth quarter. But it wasn't just that. Sam, on the commander's eighth offensive drive, had a brutal drive. Uh, The drive lasted for just four plays, resulted in a fourth quarter turnover on downs. The first snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at their 25, Sam took a sack from edge defender Micah Parsons for a seven-yard loss as Parsons bull-rushed right tackle Andrew Wiley to where Wiley was on roller skates. And Sam, at the end of the play, took a wicked helmet-to-helmet shot from edge defender Dante Fowler Jr. on what was actually a legal hit. CBS NFL officiating analyst Gene Steratour explained this well on the telecast. Uh, This was a legal hit due to Sam not being in a passing posture and due to Sam bracing for contact and due to Fowler not initiating contact with the crown of his helmet. Whatever. Still a nasty shot that Sam took right there. Then the second snap of the drive, second and 17 for the commanders at their 18. Sam had a near pick on a shotgun incompletion intended for Tyden Logan Thomas. Fourth snap of the drive on a fourth and one for the commanders at their 34. Sam out of the shotgun took a sack from interior defensive lineman Jonathan Hankins for a 10-yard loss. And then the ensuing Cowboys offensive drive resulted in quarterback Dak Prescott's fourth quarter Third and one, 15-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver C.D. Lamb. And the Cowboys went for two and got the two, putting the Commanders down 31-10. And that, my friends, essentially was the game. Happy Thanksgiving. But also for Sam in the fourth quarter, Sam on the Commanders' ninth offensive drive of the game had a near pick. Uh, This drive resulted in a fourth quarter turnover on downs. The third snap of the drive, first and 10 for the Commanders at the Cowboys 41. Sam had a near pick to safety Donovan Wilson on a shotgun incompletion intended for Logan Thomas. Uh, Also, Sam on the Commanders' seventh offensive drive had a miss on third down. Uh, The drive resulted in a third quarter punt, seventh snap of the drive on a third and 13 for the Commanders at their 31. Sam threw behind receiver Curtis Samuel on a shotgun incompletion. Curtis was open. He had a step on corner Jordan Lewis. Uh, Sam on the commander's first offensive drive took a sack. This was the opening drive of the game resulted in a first quarter punt, the fourth snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Cowboys 47. Sam took a sack from Jonathan Hankins for an eight-yard loss as Hankins and two other Cowboys all ended up getting to Sam, uh, who did appear to hold onto the ball for too long on this play, although also on the play was left guard Chris Paul struggling uh, with a stunt by the Cowboys. So the sack was it all on Sam. And then Sam on the commander's first offensive drive of the second half, which resulted in a third quarter turnover on downs, called the first of the commander's three second half timeouts prior to a third and one at the Cowboys 39. You hated seeing that. Now, I don't know if you put the burning of uh, this precious second half timeout uh, all on Sam, or if you put it on someone else, but it was Sam who called the timeout. And Burning a second-half timeout that early in the second half, especially while you're on offense and thus controlling things, big time, no, no, and yet that happened. So there was too much not to like from Sam Howell to say that he and this loss 
that the Cowboys on Thanksgiving had a good game. But Sam, in this game, did have a number of good plays. And keep in mind that he was facing an elite defense. Uh, The Cowboys for this regular season through Week 11 were number three in the NFL in total defense per DVOA, number three in the NFL at lowest opponents' yards per play, number two in the NFL at lowest opponents' third down efficiency, and number two in the NFL in team sack percentage. Uh, Sam, on the commander's fourth offensive drive, had three nice completions and then a touchdown run. Uh, The drive resulted in Sam's first and goal one yard under center option touchdown run with 151 left in the second quarter. The 10th snap of the drive on a second and 12 for the commanders at the Cowboys 41. Sam had a 12-yard shotgun completion to receiver Terry McLaurin on a great tight window throw. Uh, the 13th snap of the drive and the final snap before the first half, two-minute warning on a third and 10 for the Commanders at the Cowboys 29. Sam had a 15-yard shotgun completion to Jahan Dodson on an off-schedule play on which Sam threw off running to his left. The 14th snap of the drive and the first snap after the first half, two-minute warning on a first and 10 for the Commanders at the Cowboys 14. Sam had a 13-yard shotgun completion to Curtis Samuel on a bullet of a throw. Uh, Sam on the Commanders' third offensive drive had two nice completions. Uh, This was the drive that resulted in kicker Joey Sly's second quarter 43-yard field goal to cut the commander's deficit to 7-3. Third snap of the drive, final snap of the first quarter, third and 10 for the commanders at their 25. Sam, in the midst of a collapsing pocket with the Cowboys rushing six players, had a 30-yard shotgun completion to Curtis Samuel. Fourth snap of the drive, first snap of the second quarter on a first and 10 for the Commanders at the Cowboys 45. Sam had a 12-yard shotgun completion to Jahan Dodson on a slant toward the middle of the field. Uh, Sam on the Commanders' second offensive drive had a nice off-schedule completion for a first down. Uh, The drive resulted in a first-quarter punt, but the third snap of the drive, third and three for the Commanders at their 25. Sam had an eight-yard shotgun completion to Terry McLaurin on an off-schedule play on which Sam threw off running to his right. And Sam on the commander's sixth offensive drive had a great scramble for a first down. Uh, This was the commander's first offensive drive of the second half. The drive uh, did result in a third quarter turnover on downs, but the third snap of the drive, second and seven for the commanders at their 22. Sam, a 12-yard shotgun scramble on which he spun out of pressure and then ran through the A-gap and then to his left to get out of bounds. Uh, Very nice game for Curtis Samuel. He had nine receptions for 100 yards on 12 targets. Also drew a penalty. Uh, The drive that resulted in Sam's late second quarter one-yard touchdown run. Fifth snap of that drive, third and one for the Commanders at their 47. Curtis drew a three-yard defensive pass interference penalty on safety Donovan Wilson. Uh, Also, Curtis on the Commanders' sixth offensive drive was tremendous on a screen. Now, the drive did result in a third-quarter turnover on downs, but the fifth snap of the drive, second and three, For the Commanders at their 41, Sam had an 11-yard shotgun completion to Curtis on a screen on which Curtis generated 16 yards after the catch. So really good stuff from Curtis Samuel. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he had four receptions for 50 yards, but on 11 targets, just four catches for Terry on 11 targets. Jahan Dodson had five receptions for 52 yards on six targets. Uh, Logan Thomas, just two receptions for 15 yards on just four targets. He also got called for a penalty. Uh, The commander's seventh offensive drive resulted in a third quarter punt. Fifth snap of that drive, second and eight for the commanders at their 36. Logan committed a five-yard false start penalty. Uh, Sam Howell on Thursday threw for at least 290 yards for the seventh time in 12 games this regular season, but he averaged 
fewer than seven yards per pass attempt for the sixth time in 12 games this regular season. He is throwing for a lot of yards, but he's doing so over a lot of pass attempts. So the passing yardage can be deceiving. You can't just go by the raw passing yardage totals in determining how Sam is playing. Uh, Sam's total QBR per ESPN for this loss at the Cowboys as of Thursday night was 57.1 QBRs on a scale of 0 to 100. I say as of Thursday night because QBR calculations can change, but if we go off the 57.1, Sam now has had a total QBR of at least 57 in four of his last five games. Uh, That is good relative to the rest of the NFL. There is a lot to take in with the season that Sam Howell is having, but bottom line, he to me has been a lot more good than bad Uh, He, to me, remains very promising, and he, to me, is by far what matters the most with the commanders on the field the rest of this season. This commander season has turned into a train wreck, but if the team can come out of this season with a true QB1 moving forward, then the season is a success. I do truly believe that. Uh, Hey, if you are planning a big event, you want the event to be a success, right? Well, that's why you should go with Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly from putting together and executing a menu to picking linens to selecting an excellent florist. Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you are having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering, or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. No experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. Great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Hey, five-star ratings and positive reviews of the podcast help us out a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. can be just a sentence or two. But thank you very much for doing the ratings and the reviews. Uh, what if we had to do ratings and reviews for the commander's defense? <laughs> uh, what would those ratings and reviews be like? The commander's defense is terrible. Uh, it is unlikable. There is going to be massive change with the defense, both in terms of coaching and players. And so when you consider all of that, you certainly can argue that at this point, there's no point in getting angry about the defense because all of it is going to change. And yet, You can't help how you feel, right? And I know for me, watching the debacle that was the commander's 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, yeah, I did find myself 
getting angry, really angry about the commander's defense. The defense is an embarrassment. Defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and his entire staff should be fired, but the inconvenient and uncomfortable truth is that a lot of these defensive players on the commanders just are not that good. Is there talent on the defense? Yeah. Is there enough talent on the defense for it to be good? I'm not so sure anymore. Earlier this season, I would have said yes. Now, I have my doubts. You know, I think a prime example is corner Benjamin St. Juice, a.k.a. The Juice. Uh, We on this podcast have had quite a bit of fun and excitement with The Juice. We have played our soundbite from Saturday Night Live. You like The Juice, eh? Yeah, you likey The Juice. Well, do you know who likeyed The Juice on Thanksgiving? Uh, The Cowboys likeyed The Juice. The Cowboys likeyed throwing at The Juice. Uh, Washington took Benjamin St. Juice in the third round of the 2021 NFL Draft out of Minnesota. He had been a promising player. He perhaps still is a promising player, but he has not been good these last few games. And what does it say that the Cowboys on Thanksgiving repeatedly threw at The Juice? The Cowboys First offensive drive. Now, the drive resulted in a first quarter punt, but the first snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the Cowboys at their 15, Benjamin St. Juice got beat by receiver Michael Gallup on a 13-yard shotgun completion by quarterback Dak Prescott to Gallup. Uh, The second snap of the drive, first and 10 for the Cowboys at their 28, St. Juice committed a five-yard illegal contact penalty in covering receiver C.D. Lamb. Fourth snap of the drive on a second and five for the Cowboys at their 38. St. Juice got beat badly by Lamb, but Dak Prescott overthrew Lamb, who was wide open on what ended up being an under center deep in completion. But from the get-go, Dak was throwing at St. Juice. Uh, The Cowboys' third offensive drive, the sixth snap of the drive on a second quarter first and 10 for the Cowboys at the Commanders' 31. Benjamin St. Juice beaten badly by receiver Brandon Cooks on a 31-yard shotgun touchdown pass by Dak to Cooks. Cooks cooked St. Juice. Uh, The Cowboys' seventh offensive drive. Uh, This drive resulted in kicker Brandon Aubrey's early fourth quarter 52-yard field goal for a 23-10 Cowboys lead. The seventh snap of the drive, the final snap of the third quarter on a third and six for the Cowboys at their 45. Benjamin St. Juice got beat by C.D. Lamb and had a missed tackle on a 14-yard shotgun play-action sprint-out completion by Dak to Lamb. Uh, We have liked to think about Benjamin St. Juice as a good corner. Maybe he isn't. But there are no maybes with how bad this commander's defense is. The numbers from this game really are something. The commanders allowed the Cowboys to generate 431 total net yards of offense. Okay, but the 431 total net yards of offense came over just 50 plays. That works out to a yards per play of 8.62. Understand, a yards per play of like six is high. A yards per play of (laughs) 8.62 is outrageous. The Commanders ran 25 more offensive plays than the Cowboys did. The Commanders won the time of possession battle by 13 minutes, 48 seconds. And yet the Commanders got blown out 
45-10. Showing, by the way, how overrated time of possession can be. Dak Prescott, he shredded the Commanders on Thanksgiving. The Commanders allowed Dak to go 22-32 for 331 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. The Commanders allowed Dak to average 10.34 yards per pass attempt and to average 15.05 yards per completion. The Commanders generated no sacks and just two quarterback hits as the Commanders' pass rush basically was non-existent in this game. The Commanders allowed Cowboys running back Tony Pollard to have 13 carries for 79 yards and a touchdown. That works out to a yards per carry of 6.08. Just atrocious defense by the Commanders. I mean, how about Dak Prescott's late first quarter, second and 10, 15-yard shotgun touchdown pass to running back Rico Dowdle? Uh, The touchdown happened on a screen on which the Cowboys blocked a perfect path for Dowdle to the end zone. Uh, Corner Benjamin St. Juice, safety Cameron Curl, linebacker Kalik Hudson, all got blocked big time. This play was like grown men (laughs) blocking toddlers. Just shameful. Uh, The drive that resulted in Tony Pollard's first and goal, 70-yard shotgun handoff touchdown run with 26 seconds left in the second quarter. The commanders on this drive allowed the Cowboys to go 75 yards over five plays in just one minute, 25 seconds of game time. Again, shameful. The Cowboys could do whatever the heck they wanted to do on offense. And, you know, you think about the bigger picture with this commander's defense. I ask you this question. Who are the keepers on this defense? (laughs) Who are the true building blocks for this defense going forward? Name them to me. I don't know that anyone is at this point. The team's best corner, Kendall Fuller, and best safety, Cameron Curl, each is set to be an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. Each could be gone this coming offseason. Uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, they are two of the best paid interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Neither guy is having the season that you want him to have. Uh, 2023 first round pick in corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr., who was inactive for this game due to an elbow injury. He may be a total bust, okay? Like, that is possible, that Forbes is a complete and total bust. It's too early to declare that, but that possibility is very much in play. Uh, 2021 first round pick and linebacker Jamin Davis, the commander's picking up the fifth year option in his rookie contract this coming off season is far from a guarantee. What does that say? about what the team has in Jamin. Seriously, who are the keepers on this commander's defense? Who are the true building blocks for this commander's defense going forward? So yeah, fire Jack Del Rio, okay? No problem with that. Fire the rest of the commander's defensive coaches. But the truth is that there appears to be a lot of work that has to be done with the commander's roster in terms of defensive players. The problem isn't as simple as bad coaching. The problem with the defense is bad coaching and also, it appears, bad players. Well, if you need to vent about the commanders right now, might I suggest going to BG Obsession 
BGobsessionBG.com. BG Obsession, or BGO, has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. Uh, BGO is a special place at which you can join your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, and even lifelong friendships. So what are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at BGObsession.com. Home to your burgundy and gold obsession. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, now to Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. Uh, You have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, this is Goldilocks, and it is brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. You can visit crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Crab Sports is the only sports book that offers special boosts and parlays on all DMV areas teams. In fact, if you go to crabsports.com or are on the Crab Sports app between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday, you will see my Goldilocks picks in the boosted odds section. Yes, you get boosted odds with the Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to make money money. And know this, Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo For new customers, place your first bet of up to $500, and if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win, a second chance to make money money. Join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI. So CrabSports.com or the Crab Sports app, promo code GALDI. And Crab Sports is working in partnership with a fellow Maryland homegrown business, the Green Turtle, with its free-to-play game. Uh, You can win up to $25,000 three times a week, and the free-to-play game is, yes, 
free to play. Uh, just submit your picks for Thursday night football, Sunday football, and Monday night football. And depending on how many picks you get right, you will qualify for the $25,000 Green Turtle gift cards and Crab Sports free bets. Crab Sports is awesome. And Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years of age or older. We have arrived at week 13 of the 2023 college football season. What is the final full week of the 2023 college football regular season? Goldilocks game number one, Maryland at Rutgers, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Terrapins for Crab Sports minus one and a half. Uh, the Terps enter this regular season finale, six and five overall and three and five in the Big Ten. They are just one and five since their 5-0 start to this season. This season has not turned out the way that uh, Terps fans like me were hoping off the 5-0 start. But A, the Terps are bowl eligible this season. First time that the program has been bowl eligible in each of three consecutive seasons since the 2006 through 2008 seasons. And B, if the Terps win at Rutgers, they will have at least seven wins in each of three consecutive seasons for the first time since the 2001 through 2003 seasons, which were Ralph Regan's first three seasons as Terps head coach. So as disappointing as the Terps being 1-5 since their 5-0 start is, as disappointing as the Terps being 0-34 against ranked Big Ten teams since joining the conference beginning with the 2014 season is, this still can end up being a nice season for the Terps. Uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, uh, like the Terps, 6-5 overall and 3-5 and in the Big Ten. Rutgers has lost three consecutive games. Uh, now, all three of those losses have been to ranked Big Ten teams, but Rutgers Rutgers during the three-game losing streak has totaled just 22 points. The Terps very much have something to play for, making it so that they have at least seven wins in each of three consecutive seasons for the first time since the peak years with the fridge would be big. Uh, Gimme Maryland, minus one and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. Goldilocks game number two, the clash for the Commonwealth Cup. Virginia Tech at Virginia, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Hokies for Crab Sports, minus two and a half. Few rivalries in sports feature one team owning another team the way that this rivalry features Virginia Tech owning Virginia. Tech has won 17 of its last 18 games against UVA. Now, the two teams did not play last season due to the tragedy with Virginia, but how about what happened in 2021? A 29-24 Hokies win at the Cavaliers, playing at home against a Tech team that was playing for an interim head coach and J.C. Price, had a quarterback controversy, and had gone just 3-6 and six since a 2-0 start to the 2021 season. The Wahoos lost. Uh, heck, Hokies fans after the game stormed the field at Scott Stadium. Uh, Tech this season, 5-6 and six overall and 4-3 and three in the ACC. The Hokies, since their 1-3 and three start to this season, have been very good against bad teams and uh, very bad against good teams. Tech, since its 1-3 and three start, is 4-3. and three. All three losses have been to good teams in the ACC. Road losses to Florida State at Louisville and then a 35-28 loss to NC State at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia, 
last Saturday. Now, NC State is not as good as Florida State at Louisville, but the Wolfpack uh, does have a really good defense. Uh, the Cavs would qualify as a bad team. They are 3-8 and eight overall and 2-5 and five in the ACC, although they are coming off a big win, a 30-27 win over Duke at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia last Saturday. The Hoos never trailed. Uh, they built a 27-13 fourth quarter lead then held on for the victory. Uh, as for the Cavs quarterback situation, so true freshman Anthony Calandria has been the team's starting quarterback for each of the last two games uh, due to the team's a QB1 Monmouth transfer, Tony Musket having suffered an ankle injury in the Who's 45-17 home loss to Georgia Tech on November 4th. Head coach Tony Elliott in his session with reporters this past Tuesday called Musket day-to-day and said that a starting quarterback decision would be made later in the week. Uh, Calandria versus Hokies quarterback and Baylor transfer Kyron Drones so would be a fun quarterback matchup, but this is a big game for Tech beyond the rivalry. The Hokies remain a win away from bowl eligibility. They need this game. Uh, very bad luck for head coach Brent Pry if Tech loses this game. Give me Virginia Tech minus two and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Goldilocks game number three, number 25, Liberty at UTEP, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, the Flames per Crab Sports minus 16 and a half. Liberty finally is in the college football playoff rankings for this season. Uh, The Flames number 25 in the latest CFP rankings, which came out on Tuesday evening. Great achievement for Liberty, which uh, has been an FBS program only since 2018. The Flames remain flaming. Uh, They are 11-0 overall, 7-0 in Conference USA. They, for this season, through Week 12, were number 9 in the FBS in offensive efficiency per ESPN and were number 1 in the FBS in rushing yards per game, 2 82.2. The UTEP Miners, uh, they are 3-8 and eight overall and 2-5 and five in Conference USA. The concern with Liberty in this game would be the Flames taking UTEP lightly and perhaps looking ahead uh, to the Conference USA Championship game. Liberty is hosting New Mexico State in the Conference USA Championship game on Friday night, December 1st at 7. But otherwise, the Flames should continue to roll. Give me Liberty or give me death. No, just give me Liberty, minus 16 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Goldilocks game number four, James Madison at Coastal Carolina, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Dukes per Crab Sports, minus nine and a half. And the Dukes, uh, unbeaten no more. JMU fell to 10-1 overall and 6-1 in the Sunbelt Conference with a 26-23 overtime loss to Appalachian State at Bridgeport Stadium in Harrisonburg, Virginia last Saturday afternoon. Uh, The Dukes bowl game situation remains in flux. So as you likely know by now, JMU, because it is in just its second season as an FBS team, is not being allowed by the NCAA to play in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game or in a bowl game unless there are not enough teams with at least 500 records for this season to fill up all of the bowl game spots. Well, uh, JMU on Tuesday night put out a statement that included the following, quote, based on consultation with and advice of our outside counsel, the loss to Appalachian State University on Saturday changed the landscape in terms of the nature and timing of our legal options, including the diminished viability of a lawsuit against the NCAA. The university's focus now is on getting the football team into a bowl game, and it appears that such a result is still a strong possibility. We could still file an action against 
the NCAA later if needed to receive a bowl invitation. But for the time being, there was a strong consensus that proceeding with legal action did not make sense. This sentiment was shared by both the university and the Department of Athletics, end quote. So bottom line, the Dukes game at Coastal Carolina on Saturday afternoon could be their last game this season. We just don't know. Uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. It is pronounced Chanticleers, by the way, not Chanticleers. Uh, the Chanticleers, uh, they are 7-4 and four overall and 5-2 and two in the Sunbelt Conference. They, with a win over James Madison on Saturday, would clinch a spot in the Sunbelt Conference championship game, which, of course, should include JMU, uh, but will not. But the Dukes are ahead of Coastal Carolina in the Sunbelt Conference's East Division, but uh, that does not matter due to the restrictions on JMU from the NCAA. I like the Dukes to deny the Chanticleers. Uh, JMU quarterback Jordan McLeod, he and that loss to Appalachian State did not have his best game. I like him to bounce back. Give me James Madison minus nine and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. And Goldilocks game number five, Navy at SMU, Saturday at noon. The midshipmen per Crab Sports plus 18 and a half. Uh, Navy still has a chance to make a bowl game. The Mids are 5-5 five and five overall and 4-3 and three in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, they're coming off a 10-0 win over East Carolina at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland last Saturday afternoon. What was the Mids' third shutout win this season, marking the program's most shutout wins in a season since having four shutout wins in the 1978 season. Uh, two games left. For Navy this regular season at SMU Saturday at noon. And then the big game versus Army, Navy versus Army this year happening at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts on Saturday afternoon, December 9th at 3. However, because Navy versus Army is happening after bowl game selections are announced, the mids need to win at SMU to make a bowl game. And uh, this game at SMU will not be easy. The SMU Mustangs, who are headed to the ACC beginning next season, are 9-2 and overall and 7-0 and in the AAC. Uh, they are good both offensively and defensively. They have been destroying teams at home this season. SMU this season is 5-0 and at home. The average score of those five games, SMU 51, opposing team 12.2. Uh, the Mustangs' Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas has been quite cozy for SMU. Uh, this game could get ugly for Navy, okay? But Navy keeping the game relatively close is not unthinkable. The mid's defense is viable. The question is the offense, which has been very unreliable this season. But give me Navy plus 18 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. All right, so your Goldilocks for college football week 13, Maryland minus one and a half, Virginia Tech minus two and a half, Liberty minus 16 and a half, James Madison minus nine and a half, and Navy plus 18 and a half. And don't forget, go to crabsports.com or download the Crab Sports app and use the promo code Goldie. Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo for new customers. Place your first bet of up to $500, and if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win, a second chance to make money, money.
Well, the Capitals continue to roll. They now have won five consecutive games and now are 9-1-1 and since their 1-3-1 and start to this NHL regular season. A 4-3 overtime win over the Buffalo Sabres at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night. The Caps overcame a 2-0 first period deficit and a 3-2 third period deficit. Uh, top line center, Dylan Strom. Stromer, another good game. He scored the game-winning even strength goal 4.52 into overtime. Although the goal has been reported as being scored with 3.6 seconds left in overtime, but the official game summary from the NHL for this game has the goal being scored 4.52 into overtime. But whatever the case, Strom also had the primary assist on top line right wing Tom Wilson's game tying even strength goal 18.45 into the third period. Wilson's Game-tying even-strand goal, 18:45 into the third period. Came with the Caps having no goaltender as Strom in the right circle delivered a terrific backhanded pass of the puck between two Sabres players to Wilson for a snapshot from the right circle near the slot for the goal. And then Strom's game-winning even-strand goal and overtime came on a wrister from the right circle on a two-on-one breakaway. Dylan Strom for this regular season is number one on the Caps in goals. He has eight goals. Uh, defenseman John Carlson, he on Wednesday night had an assist on each of the Caps' last two goals, had a game-high seven shots on goal, had a game-high tying at 10 total shot attempts, and had three block shots. Top line left wing, Alex Ovechkin, he on Wednesday night had no points, but he did have a game-high tying 10 total shot attempts and had a game-high four hits. And second line right wing, TJ Oshie, he on Wednesday night finally scored a goal. Uh, he had an even strength goal, 750 into the second period for his first goal of this regular season. Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night on Oshi finally scoring a goal. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of Monumental Sports Network. Yeah, there was, um, that was great. And, and, and to see I'm more like he's obviously relieved, but his teammates are just so happy for him, and, and they're they're celebrating on the bench together, um, like someone scored on the bench. But it's just celebrating Ocean. Um, that was great. I, I really and, and Alexi have getting his first of career goal and Stromer in OT um, and the six on five too. You got to give credit. Power play obviously the puck isn't going in the net for the PP right now, and um, six on five is, is a part of the power play and so you, you you need a goal late there's a minute to go you get those guys on the ice and they execute and Willie scores a huge goal so hopefully we can snowball with that momentum six on five and carry that into the power play Strom said he's going to count that as a power play goal in his head I mean it is the way that I look at it six on five goals <laughs> sure. are it's not going to go into the statistics but it doesn't really those are man advantage goals and it's arguably the most important moments of games. If you can score a few of those a, a year and, and get you scrape you out some points in, in those scenarios, those are big, big goals. Yeah, the Caps on Wednesday night, 0-2 on the power play, falling to a woeful 3-45 of 45 on the power play this regular season. It's crazy. The Caps are 3-45 of 45 on the power play and yet are 10 4 and two. Uh, the Caps starting goaltender on Wednesday night was Darcy Kemper. Uh, this off him having been the Caps number two goaltender for each of the team's previous two games, uh, despite being back from having gotten hurt in the Caps 4-3 overtime loss to the Florida Panthers at Capital One Arena on November 8th. The backup goaltender for the Caps, Charlie Lindgren, has been playing quite well. Uh, Kemper on Wednesday night stopped 24 of the 27 
shots on goal that he faced. The Caps went to two or three on the penalty kill. But the Caps are surging. And this is happening despite some key guys being out. Center of Kenny Kuznetsov has not played in each of the Caps' last two games due to illness. Defenseman Martin Fehervari has not played since suffering a lower body injury in the Caps' 4-2 win at the New Jersey Devils on November 10th. And center Nicholas Backstrom remains out, likely for the season and maybe for good uh, due to his left hip situation. Next up for the Caps, home to the Edmonton Oilers, Friday afternoon at 3. So the Capitals won their game on Wednesday night. The Wizards did not win their game on Wednesday night. Uh, they lost their seventh consecutive game, fell to 2-12 and in this NBA regular season with a 117-114 loss at the Charlotte Hornets. Yet another loss for the Wizards in which they blew a big lead. The Wizards blew a 19-point third quarter lead and a 13-point fourth quarter lead. The Wizards lost the fourth quarter 39-23. The Wizards in that fourth quarter went just 1-9 on threes and allowed the Hornets to go 6-12 of 12 on threes. The Wizards are tanking, so I, as a Wizards fan, am not allowing myself to get worked up over these losses. But boy, the Wizards are blowing some big leads. A 111-107 loss at the Toronto Raptors on November 13th. The Wizards blew a 23-point third quarter lead. Uh, the 124-117 loss to the Hornets at Capital One Arena on November 10th. The Wizards blew a 16-point second quarter lead and an 11-point fourth quarter lead. Here was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, I think there's there's pretty good progression in general. Um, we came out, we're very competitive. The effort was there. Uh, I thought we moved, and moved the ball, shared the ball. Great, created easy offense. Um, you know, early in the game, we had a little bit of momentum, um, and just we got to find a way to close it. Uh, yes, you do. Uh, this loss at the Hornets on Wednesday night was a game in which the Wizards, to me, missed. DeLon Wright. Uh, he is their best defensive player, and I know that's not saying much, uh, but DeLon Wright has been out since suffering a left knee sprain. Uh, actually, in that loss to the Hornets at Capital One Arena on November 10th, uh, the Wizards on November 11th announced that Wright's injury would, quote, be treated conservatively, end quote, and would, quote, be reevaluated in three weeks, end quote. And so the Wizards on Wednesday night got worked by the Hornets, LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges. Ball in 39 minutes, 49 seconds as a starter went 6-16 on three, 7-15 on twos, 2-3 on free throws. He finished with 34 points, 13 assists versus four turnovers and eight rebounds. And Bridges in 37 minutes, 18 seconds as a starter went 3-7 on threes, 8-11 on twos, and 8-10 on free throws. He finished with 33 points, 10 rebounds, and two steals. Did have no assists versus three turnovers. But more bad defense by the Wizards, especially by Jordan Poole. Consider this with Jordan Poole. He on Wednesday night was the only Wizards starter to have a negative plus minus for the game. Uh, Poole in 33 minutes, six seconds as a starter had a plus minus rating of minus 14. He went 4 of 11 on threes, 4 of 10 on twos, 4 of 4 on free throws, finished with 24 points, 5 rebounds, 3 steals, and 2 assists versus 3 turnovers. Uh, Kyle Kuzma did have a really good game. He finished a rebound shy of a triple-double. Kuzma, in 35 minutes, 25 seconds as a starter, went 3 of 6 on threes, 9 of 16 on twos, and 1 of 1 on free throws. He finished with 28 points, 10 assists 
versus two turnovers, nine rebounds, two blocks, and a plus-minus rating of plus 13. Kuzma, over his last two games, has 23 assists versus four turnovers. Uh, Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night. On what he's seeing from Kuzma as a passer? He's, uh, you know, he's doing it organically. You know, he's not forcing it. I think he's taking the right types of shots. He's creating offense for his teammates. Um, he's setting guys up, which is is, is terrific. Um, yeah, it's, it's just another layer for him, you know, to do that consistently. You know, one rebound short of a, a triple-double, that's, that's pretty good. Yes, it is. Uh, another positive for the Wizards on Wednesday night, they only got out-rebounded by two, 49-47. That is progress, given how much the Wizards have been getting destroyed on the boards. Daniel Gafford, uh, he on Wednesday night in 34 minutes, 25 seconds as a starter, had a career regular season high, 16 rebounds, including five offensive boards. He went 7-9 from the field, all twos, and 1-2 on free throws. Finished with 15 points and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 15. Uh, next up for the Wizards, two games this weekend at the Milwaukee Bucks Friday night at 8 and home to the Atlanta Hawks Saturday night at 7. Hey, we've spent the last two segments talking caps and Wizards. Underdog fantasy is great, not just for fantasy football, but also fantasy basketball and hockey. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball, daily drafts, and pick them. Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. And let's talk some college basketball. We on Thanksgiving night had Virginia Tech in action. The Hokies improved to 4-1 this season with an 82-75 win over Boise State in Kissimmee, Florida as part of the ESPN Events Invitational. Hunter Couture became 
Tech's all-time leader in May threes. Uh, congrats to him. He in 37 minutes as a starter went 5 of 10 on threes, 0 of 1 on twos, 4 of 5 on free throws. He finished with 19 points. Next up for the Hokies, a game against Iowa State in Florida Friday evening at 5.30. Meantime, a bounce-back win for number 24, Virginia. The Cavaliers improved to 5-1 and one on the season with a 56-54 win over West Virginia in Fort Myers, Florida on Wednesday evening in the 2023 Fort Myers tip-off. This was off the Cavs getting slammed by Wisconsin at 65-41 in Fort Myers on Monday evening. Now, the Cavs in this win over West Virginia did blow a 10-point second-half lead, but they got key buckets from Reese Beekman and Ryan Dunn down the stretch for the win. Beekman had a driving layup for a one-point Cavs lead at 52-51 with one minute, 29 seconds left in the second half. Beekman in 35 minutes, 37 seconds as a starter. Went just one of four on threes and just one of two on free throws and committed four turnovers, but he also went four of seven on twos and finished with 12 points, five assists, four steals, and four rebounds. And Ryan Dunn, he had a driving and spinning bucket in the paint for a three-point Cavs lead at 54-51 with 45.3 seconds left in the second half. He in 28 minutes, 58 seconds as a starter, went 0 of 3 on threes and just 3 of 6 on free throws. But he also went 5 of 8 on twos and finished with 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 steals. The Wahoos won despite going just 4 of 18 on threes and despite going just 10 of 16 on free throws and won despite getting out-rebounded by West Virginia, 41-28, including having just 6 offensive rebounds to the Mountaineers 12, although the Hoos uh, had seven second chance points to the Mountaineers eight. So the uh, discrepancy in second chance points was not much. Uh, and the Hoos defense was great. Uh, they held West Virginia to just 54 points, just seven to 21 on threes and just 12 of 30 on twos. Also, the Hoos generated 16 West Virginia turnovers, finished with 18 points off turnovers to West Virginia's four. Uh, the Hoos committed nine turnovers. Here was UVA head coach, Tony Bennett during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night on his team's defense being so good in this game. Definitely, yeah. Our guys flew around. For, for whatever reason against Wisconsin, we were a little indecisive, whether it was flying in there to trap the post and a little little disjointed or disconnected, partly because they played really well. Um, but I thought tonight uh, it started with Reese picking up the ball, being so tenacious on that. But I thought all of our guys did a good job of protecting the paint, but, you know, really crowding, especially when Edwards got a, a catch. Edwards is Jesse Edwards, West Virginia's 6'11 center, transferred from Syracuse. Uh, he's from the Netherlands. Uh, next up for Virginia is a big game, home to number 12, Texas A&M. This Wednesday night at 7.15 in the ACC-SEC Challenge, Texas A&M's head coach is former Virginia Tech head coach, Buzz Williams. Uh, and also on Wednesday night was another win for number 22, James Madison. The Dukes, uh, they routed Fresno State 95-64 in Riviera Maya, Mexico to win the 2023 Cancun Challenge. JMU now is 6-0. This is the program's first 6-0 start to a season since the 1981-1982 season. The Dukes began the game on a 26 26- Three run. <laughs> a big game for 6-4 Noah Friedel. He, in 32 minutes as a starter, went 6-9 on threes, 1-1 on twos, and 6-6 on free throws. He finished with 26 points, four rebounds, and two steals. Head coach Mark Byington has the Dukes humming. Uh, next up for James Madison, home to Buffalo, Wednesday night at 7.
And that will do it. For you and me for now, keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 708. We'll have a lot for you on the commanders off them falling <laughs> to four and eight in this 2023 NFL regular season with the 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Also on Monday show, my thoughts on college football week 13, which includes six games for the seven FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region, Maryland and Rutgers, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, Navy at SMU, Saturday at noon, Virginia Tech at Virginia, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, number 25, Liberty at UTEP, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. James Madison at Coastal Carolina, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. And Old Dominion, home to Georgia State, Saturday afternoon at 2. And I, on Monday's show, will talk Capitals, Wizards, and college basketball. The Caps have one game this weekend, home to the Edmonton Oilers, Friday afternoon at 3. The Wizards have two games this weekend at the Milwaukee Bucks, Friday night at 8. And home to the Atlanta Hawks, Saturday night at 7. And college basketball this weekend includes Maryland, home to South Alabama, Saturday night at 7. Georgetown home to Jackson State, Saturday at noon. And two more games for Virginia Tech in Florida in the ESPN Events Invitational. Hokies versus Iowa State, Friday evening at 5.30. A lot happening this Thanksgiving weekend. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.